Stereotype. If we don't have you here to be the academic, then well, we'll just we'll go our separate ways. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to WJBC The Roar, your hip hop thoughts from the hill. Ah, I'm liking that less and less the more I say it. I'm gonna, you know what? We're gonna. It's the next thing that happens is a three month break, so we'll just figure out. Well. There's about a three-month break between episodes anyway, so mm. it doesn't change much. Um, mm. well, uh, welcome back to The Raw, everybody. This is It's a Wrap. Uh, I am your... I was going to say eminent. I'm not, actually. I'm, I'm your mediocre host, Cooper. Uh, in the <laughs> studio today, we are joined by our traditional uh, lovely co-hosts, uh, Nathan Ikarma. He's, gonna, he's not going to say anything, apparently. Nope. No, he's not. Just sitting here. <laughs> Um, are you graduating this year or your next year? I'm graduating in December. He's graduating in December, so we get one more semester with the boy. Um, I was scared that this was going to be the last episode, but we're good for at least a little while. That's right. And we are also joined with the Golden Gloves, Dr. Daniel Gleason. Yeah, yeah. champion of Bryan College. <laughs> Just the first and How y'all doing? only. He's doing so well. I'm doing fantastic. Um, before, before we get into it, uh, as is semi-traditional... What have y'all been listening to? What, what you got? Any any favorite thing? Any fun news that you came across recently? Okay, I prepared for class today, Cooper. Oh, yeah, oh you did. So, <laughs> um, here's my my um, listen of the week, and it's uh, Childish Gambino. Mm. I have been uh, rocking the Childish uh, Gambino because uh, he just released a movie yeah. with Rihanna. Uh, it was streaming on Amazon Prime for maybe two days for free. Guava Island. Guava Island. I did watch it, and I really enjoyed it. It's a really neat little movie. It's about an hour long, and um, he incorporates a fair amount of his music into it. Um, uh, the Summertime Magic track and This Is America um, are both uh, in in the movie. And the movie has this mythic quality. It's kind of set up like um, a fairy tale almost at the beginning, mm-hmm. and it's animated, and then it goes to live action. Um, and maybe not fairy tale. Maybe it's more of like a fable. Um, it's a fable of paradise that is ruined, and then one man's um, kind of attempt to rebel against the powers that be and bring a sense of redemption. And I won't spoil the end. But there's definitely like a biblical overtone. So now we can officially mm. say that our Christian rap podcast is incorporating Let's Christian go. worldview. But if you watch the movie, uh, you'll, you'll uh, know what I'm talking about. Um, and his music, I've been back uh, listening to the back catalog. And um, I listened to Because the Internet from mm. 2013, which yeah. is really critically acclaimed. And it has some connections to what we'll be reviewing today which is the album Clipping from 2014. Yeah. Um, so there's there's kind of some interesting connections. And then some of uh, Childish Gambino's newer stuff isn't rap at all. It's it's yeah. mainly like funk and singing, yeah. um, and I really like it. It's got a, a great groove. So that's been my uh, listen of the week. Yeah, that that new stuff, when it came out, I was like, oh, yay, new Gambino. He's super fun. I started listening to it and went, mm, this is from the 70s. What it happened is. to you? It is. I know. I not, <laughs> not hating on it. It was just... 
really weird the first time I, I got through it. Yeah, he, he made a hard turn in his career with that one. So, yeah. But mm-hmm. I appreciate it. Caleb. I mean, Nathan. <laughs> <laughs> that was amazing. That was a um, well, I've been listening to uh, just the same old stuff. I've been expanding a little bit. I'm a slow mover, but the guy I've been listening to a lot is Kid Cudi, mm. um, staying in that Kanye family <laughs> tree. You know what I'm saying? The Kanye family. Uh, it was a little while ago. I got really into Kid See Ghost again. Yeah. Which we never talked about, but I never got a full chance. No, no, yeah. it's all right. But I know it's. I know that I mean, one's a little uh, debated in here. I know what a we controversial. feel. I he is an outlier. <laughs> That's right. That's I'm right. the minority That's dissenting exactly opinion right. on but that I, one. I loved it so much, and so I was like, man, maybe Kid Cudi's got some other good stuff. I, you know, I've always known of Prayer or the Prayer, like it's a classic song. But I've just been going through. Uh, Spotify has a playlist of his. Just this is Kid Cudi, and I've listened to it through a couple times, and man, it's just good. It's good stuff. Uh, I've also been listening to some. Jay-Z, Black Album, mm. can't can't go wrong. Where are you listening to it? You're not streaming that, are you? Uh, or did you actually buy a, a, a CD? It's on, there's a there's a full thing on YouTube, man. You oh, just have YouTube. To, oh, you leave oh, okay. your phone open. It's yeah. pretty, uh, pretty okay. janky, <laughs> but it's not taken down yet. Because I know he's gotten really good about yeah. owning his stuff. He so. has. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's, you can borrow my CD anytime okay. you want, Nathan. That would be awesome. <laughs> I mean, it was, it was an absolutely revelatory day when we found out that Lemonade is finally on. Um, oh, yeah. That was yeah. finally on Spotify. That was, a big deal. Yeah. that was, I felt really good because yeah. I can finally stop stealing formation whenever I want to listen to it. <laughs> um, oh, and also Homecoming came out. Yeah. Um, so that was big news. Yeah, Beyonce's live album. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. From along Coachella with, 2018. Along with mm. a documentary on Netflix. Mm-hmm. Man. She, she is doing the most, I will say. It's the most. Um, shoot, my microphone is falling in front of my face. So, what do you like about Kid Cudi? Oh man, um, sell me, sell me, sell yeah. you. Okay, well, it took a little while to sell me. Honestly, like he's a little, he's different from uh, Chance. I'm not really entirely sure how, but just some of his sounds are more less of that jazz, you know, mm-hmm. almost piano feel, and a lot more of the. Uh, most rock kind mm-hmm. of like the distinct it's almost like he took more of Kanye's style with his Kanye has such a distinct sound especially like in Gorgeous where there's that heavy bass type of feel to it but um I don't know Kid Cudi he's got a, he's got a good mix of of fun uh, of serious and uh I don't know some insightful lyrics I thought um I've also been dipping into some J. Cole I don't mm, know I don't know how I feel yeah. yet um what have I, you been listening to his uh What's the album cover where he's like super like? Is it KOD? I think so. That's yeah. the like the painted lots of uh, reds and purples and yeah, stuff. Yeah, 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 that one. Yeah. I'm listening to some of that, and then his. Uh, what's the one where he's sitting on a roof? You know what I'm talking about? Parkside Drive or something. That's the one. Yeah, whatever. yeah, that's that's a good one. Love yeah. that one. I've listened to Role Models <laughs> from that. Role Models was, I really love yeah, that. Yeah, that's such a good out. song. That but, is such. A good song. Yeah, Jay, I've never been huge into J. Cole, but he started showing up on tracks I really, really liked. Like he was on a 21 Savage track. and tr- tr- Normally I don't like him, but he re- released a track called A Lot where he was actually getting down and deep about um, personal issues and issues affecting cultures uh, that he's a part of. And J. Cole was there. And J. Cole is now just taken to like talking about people he is contemporaries with in the industry, but in a pretty non-condescending fashion which i kind of like it's not like he's trying to beef with anyone but he's more like man all these kids are kind of falling apart chasing money chasing drink chasing yeah. drugs and it's gonna it's gonna get them killed that, that was the point on um 
he released a track called 1985 a while ago, and it was that was the whole point of it. Then a guy I really like, YBN Corday, made a response track that wasn't like a diss track. It was just a, a literally just a response being like, I get what you're saying, but here's also this additional thing that he's talking about. And mm. Jake, uh, he was also on, what's his name? J.I.D. He was on a track called Off D's with J.I.D. And that is a fire song. Oh my gosh. That is just, it's not, I liked a lot because it was slow and contemplative. I like Off D's because it doesn't stop because it's just, I forgot J. Cole can rap when he Oh yeah, takes the time. Yeah, when he's, he takes the he's time, a great lyricist. His he flow is. is fantastic. Yeah, he also had mm-hmm. Middle Child. Middle Child was yes. big when it came out. Yeah. He performed that at the halftime at an NBA game. Still love Middle Child. Middle Child's Middle Child's fantastic. Um, but yeah, J yeah. Cole. I've never taken the time to get into J Cole, but I'm trying to slowly expand. My brother, uh, Caleb, he's he loves J Cole, and he talks about how some of he just got some deep cut lyrics apparently. Um, but uh, yeah, so I started listening to him. Um, you know, it's funny. There's actually there was a uh, I think there's some, some some kind of firefight between J Cole and this other rapper, and then this one SoundCloud kid came in and was like, "The only two real rappers these days are J Cole and Talib Cooley. That's it. <laughs> Talib <laughs> Cooley. Talib Cooley. <laughs> that's what he called him. Yeah, I think I don't know. <laughs> oh yeah. Um, no. Wait. Are you talking about YBN? No, I that's YBN so. Cordae. Yeah. He said. Oh, okay. The only people See? I trust are um. He's right. Like Talib Kweli. Like he actually said Kweli. Okay. I, what. You said cool hand. I was worried, but he dropped that, and I was because I sent that's you my guy, that track, Dr. Talib Kweli. Yeah, uh, yeah I, I that. love that one. Mm. Oh yeah, he did a really cool um, video with that too. Yeah, yeah, you sent it to me, and yeah, I enjoyed it. I thought mm. it, I thought it, it um, was a cool middle road of old school, new school beef. So it was just kind yeah. of like saying, you know, everyone's got their preference. Yeah, it was very. Uh, it was like a peacemaking gesture almost. Yeah. So. Mm. If y'all are interested, the track is uh, 1985. It's it's a response track to 1985. I forgot what he called it. Uh, the name is YBN Corday, C-O-R-D-A-E. Uh, he's part of the YBN crew, which is him and two other dudes. Um, he's the only one you should care about, honestly. Mm-hmm. Unless you care about YBN Namir, who is decent sometimes, and then YBN Almighty J, who's a joke and gets got beat up in Texas for some reason. Again, the <laughs> SoundCloud facts. rap scene is ridiculous. It's <laughs> so I don't know what's happening. going on inside there, but he's the only one worth paying attention to. He's come out with a bunch of tracks recently. He's coming out with an album soon. He is both a great banger producer and an intelligent lyricist who's very yeah. excellent at telling stories. Mm. Um, take the time, check him out. I'm positive he's going to show up on the double XL list this summer. If he doesn't, I will riot in the streets. Cooper's double XL list. When are we going to have that? Uh, that should be our rundown in the fall. That'll be our first episode in the fall. Yeah. That, <laughs> who did they miss? That they needed? As long as he's there and Rico Nasty's there, that's all I want because she's the one of the few girls in like the underground rap scene right now who I'm paying attention to that I, that I know it's just they need that. They put in the work. They're grinding. They have skill. They're hilarious. They're fantastic. Nice. Like her and Tierra Whack, who she's also interesting. Anyway, um, I oh, tend to dominate these things with my I list. Got one and more, I'm gonna, I got yeah. one more. Okay, I forgot about this one. So this uh, <laughs> comes from last episode when we did Lecrae, Let the Trap Say Amen. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I had had it on at the house as I was getting ready for, for the show. I was listening <coughs> to it. Um, and my kids got into it. Oh man. Yes. So seven-year-old Daniel, five-year-old Sam, um, 
here's what they got into about it. The part that irritated me the most oh my was the little kid who's like, Zaytoven oh, no. on every track. And so their little ears would perk up when they'd hear Zaytoven. And so now they call it Zaytoven and they're like, Daddy, can you put on Zaytoven? Oh my gosh. And so we'll listen to Let the Trap Say Amen at least once a week at dinner and the kids love it. So oh my Cooper, your influence is reaching... The next generation. I know it wasn't your favorite trap album, but you have to at least take some credit for uh, some stylistic um, influence, and and the kids love it. So I take credit and I apologize. Oh my god! Sam's favorite line, which he will recite regularly, is "Yada yada yada, bought a Mercedes for my baby mama." Oh man! Um, yada yada, yada. <laughs> bought a Mercedes for my baby mama. Oh my gosh! So there you go. That's that's my other news item. We're we're teaching the next generation about what's <laughs> happening, and then they're they could grow do up. a lot worse than Lecrae. They're I'm gonna grow up it's, and then hate what decent. we have, and yeah. we're gonna hate what they have. They're probably gonna like country more than trap. Honestly, oh, no. <laughs> country's making it. Y'all heard Old Town Road? You have a problem? <laughs> I country, you, you lost me. Old Town Road is the perfect combination of country and rap. Oh, that sounds horrible. It's two minutes and thirteen seconds long. Came out with a remix that had Billy Ray Cyrus. Oh, oh wow. man! It's the number one song in the country. Oh no! Oh, then I have heard it. They I heard per- it. I heard it in Walmart. Yeah. Is that the one with the horse? Per- yeah. Yeah. Got oh. the horses in the bag. Yeah. 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 I've heard that. Yeah. They we performed should do like a whole Coachella. crossover show. <laughs> you know, like multi-genre. We'll do multi-genre. Uh, well, because this album clipping is multi-genre. Uh, yeah, and, and we'll we'll get there. Um, that kid, Little Nas X, is coming out with an album at some point. He's adorable. His Twitter is like hilarious. Hmm. He has no he has no consistency. It's great. He's <laughs> he has no one to serve because he has no like no nothing to lose. All right. So, what? Another news item is uh, I saw this on Twitter. Um, is Kevin Abstract from There We Go Back to mm-hmm. Brockhampton Brock days? He he tweeted very loudly, all in caps. He said. Brockhampton is not breaking up. The new music sounds good as hell. We just not spending ten days on albums no more. Oh, so okay. I'm proud okay. of him for that. Yeah, I mean, he released his own album recently. That's oh, one of the reasons man. he released Arizona Baby. Uh, came out with a the Arizona Baby good? EP a few days. I think it's pretty good. Kevin Abstract's music is not my particular taste because when I when I get in that area, I'm looking for sort of Brockhampton-ish rap. So if I if I listen to it, I'm going to have to take time before I start critiquing it for just not being Brockhampton. But he's always been a little bit more of a songwritery singing. Like, he's got rap influence, but it's much more R&B flavored in a lot of senses. Not not the kind of Brockhampton sort of aggressive rap a lot of the time. Hmm. Um, so... Big releases in the meantime. Uh, Little Pump dropped an album. It was bad. Uh, Juice World dropped an album. Don't think it's very good. Okay. Quale Chris, uh, who had that album with Gene Gray. Oh, yeah. Uh, dropped Everything's an album. fine. Yeah. He dropped yeah. an album called Guns recently. I haven't taken the time. If y'all are interested in some underground stuff, it's there. Khalid, who I've literally never heard one full song from. Oh, yeah. Free I don't Spirit. know how I've managed that. He released uh, Free Spirit. Dude, you've heard Young, Dumb, and Broke. Isn't that him? That's true. Okay, I have. That's the point. I don't know that I've heard something (laughs) from him. I have Uh, never seeked him out. Um, Anderson Pack released Oxnard, and then just a few months later, he released Ventura real recently. Dropped two albums. Tech Nine dropped an album. If y'all know about Tech Nine, you might not, but he has been on a grind for years now. Uh, Smoke Perp, one of the big SoundCloud guys, dropped an album. It's not particularly good. I mean, I like it, but then again, it's because it's loud and it's stupid. Uh, it 
letting it go. Uh, Lizzo. Yeah. R&B. Taking over. Songwriter. Taking over. She is great. Dropped an album, Cause I Love You. If anything, listen to the first track. It's called Cause I Love You. Gosh, is that powerful. That song hits you in the core. Schoolboy Q came out with an album. I heard one track before it released, Chopsticks. Not impressed. Boring, boring, boring track. Travis Scott did not do any help for the chorus, literally just Mm. saying Chopsticks with no honest effects or anything. Well, Travis Scott's new Nikes are coming out. Okay, I got to look into that. I got to look into that. Big day coming out. Today is actually... We're recording this on the 30th. Today is Travis Scott's 28th birthday. Hey, Happy birthday to the boy. I know he's going to listen. Also the day that Hitler died. So. You know what? They kind of coincide. <laughs> Yikes. <laughs> Yikes. <laughs> that Travis. Step away. Okay. <laughs> um, an album was released to coincide with the eighth season of Game of Thrones. It had tracks from um, a track featuring Travis Scott, uh, The Weeknd, and SZA. It was Okay. Um, other tracks I didn't hear, uh, one track that had Joey Badass and uh, ASAP Rocky and another track, which is a remix of a Little Peep track. But those three rap tracks and a bunch of others wound up on an album for Game of Thrones. Other people on that album, they're, Mumford they're and Sons. Hmm. Mumford and Sons is in Game of Thrones? I Well, <laughs> they made songs for it, I wow. guess. I don't know. When they start making songs for a media product, I start questioning them so much more. Mm. I'm just... I feel just... I, I don't know. There are some worse. movies that have some sweet soundtracks. There are, like, honestly, like the Black the Panther. movies, those have some sweet soundtracks. It's true. Black Panther actually yeah, had, yeah, like, yeah, a yeah. pretty Kendrick. good soundtrack. Oh. Like, it was honestly good. But a lot of the times, not... Uh, yeah. uh, For the most part. Eminem's like, Venom. I know you didn't mm, like it at all. That's a good example. Oh. Of Eminem's Venom. Like, yeah. When the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle movie came out, they released <laughs> some... We were talking about K-pop before we started. Yeah. There was a K-pop star who rapped on part of that track released for t- it had uh, was Ka- uh, Khalifa as well and it was terrible yeah so it doesn't like, sound that like good it's more consistently bad than it's not Black Panther Fair. outlier and I'm pretty yeah. sure it's because Kendrick's a genius also Megamind phenomenal soundtrack I, what <laughs> I do not remember <laughs> ACDC was on there like three times given they weren't made for it but still oh oh gosh I just had another news thing that just jumped in my mind when you said ACDC our boy MGK going back to the mm, Eminem yep. album he had his acting debut. Um, That's so right. he played one of the guys in Motley Crue. Um, so there's a Motley Crue um, like um, movie made by, I think it's Netflix. Um, and MGK is the drummer. Yeah. And um, it, so anyhow, I, I think he's, he was a pretty decent actor. And he's it's really interesting because he's continuing to follow in that Eminem trajectory, yeah. his role model. He's going to get um, his own eight miles. So, yeah, I mean, he, mm, making a, a screen debut. And he was he was one of the major um, characters in the, in the film. So anyhow, mm, props to you, Machine Gun Kelly. And speaking of more... Uh, musicians turned actors. Rihanna was in Guava Island yeah. with Childish Gambino. Yeah, she was also uh, in that movie about. The but she didn't battleships. See battleships, whatever yeah. was going on there. Yeah, you know it's funny too. <laughs> Gambino. I don't know if you guys did. You ever watch the show Community? Oh I yeah, love Community. Yeah. Oh my gosh, he was it's he is so, in Community. He's awesome. It's so Trying weird to see him. Yeah, it's so weird to see him be Troy Barnes and then see so him funny. make. Uh, this is America. Oh and yeah, then, what wow, happened? Things have changed. Dude, man, grew up. You were. He, he wrote for Thirty Rock as yeah. like really? a twenty-three year yeah. old, and yeah, he, he was, directs. He was a the TV show writer. Atlanta. Yeah, he, I've been watching really Atlanta. Yeah. He was a stand-up comedian for tons of things. He's like he's had his hands in so many areas of media. 
impressive. A lot of people try that and flop. I think he really pulls it off. I think he's really, really good. He's more consistent than yeah. I, I would assume he'd be. Mm. I think he's serious about it. I don't think he's just trying to do some hustle like Kanye selling yeah. church clothes at Coachella. Yeah. Yeah. You know, those, those yeah. yeah, that just that or seems like a moneymaker. Elijah Wood trying to make video games. That's yeah. a thing. Wait, if y'all don't no, know. no, 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 no. Yeah. He's making, I think, a VR horror game or something. Yeah. Anyway, um, so yeah, that's pretty much everything on my list. Um, Rico Nasty, who I just brought, Rico Nasty, who I just brought up, dropped a, like a little 18-minute track, like five, six-track thing. Um, it's interesting. Y'all check it out. It's got Kenny Beats. The man makes the hardest beats. Uh, if y'all want something to turn up to, she out there. Hit mm. it up, y'all. Anyway, so that is uh, a decent roundup. That's a more substantial roundup than we've we've had in a lot of other times. Um, glad, glad we have that. Ah, now we have to get to something I'm not looking forward to. <laughs> you are looking forward to it, Cooper. Because uh, this is this I is bet. your baby. It is. Mm. It's true. So, last year even I talked about how I wanted to do experimental rap because I enjoy that genre in a lot of ways, uh, and I I decided to just jump the gun and just pick. Hey. This is my favorite experimental rap album. Oh, no. Y'all should listen to it. <laughs> uh, and I started re-listening to it again recently. I listen to it pretty often, but I started consistently going through and reanalyzing everything. And then I realized, oh, boy, this is a bad idea. <laughs> because this is not the kind of music that my co-hosts are attracted to. Mm. And I... Uh, I just kind of let that go. I I just kind of let it let it move on. I let that feeling move on, and then today came, and it came back, and now I'm sitting here thinking, this is a... <laughs> so this is, I want to let you all know, this isn't going to be me sitting here and just taking hate. <laughs> I showed You're up ready. to... You're ready. You're ready to... Defend yeah. my boys. <laughs> all right. Counterpunch your Cooper. Right. Not just... Like, I have more fire in my stomach for my boys clipping than I do for Brockhampton. Okay. Oh, shoot. Because I remember how I that have, went down. I've been in love with them since yeah. 2014. Yeah. Literally last night, I purchased the three albums I don't have from them. The three things they pressed to vinyl. You bought an album? <laughs> I, I own their first... Their, the other two full-length albums they have on vinyl. I bought the three other things that they pressed last night. I dropped like 90 bucks on oh them. My oh, my gosh. I I have not bought records Contribute in a long time. Contribute to our Patreon account. <laughs> <laughs> the last record I bought was Travis Scott's Rodeo, um, mm. which I've wanted for forever. And before that was the last Brockhampton album. And I don't buy records very often. I don't have time to play them. So when I buy them, it's because I love it. And I just want to like have it. Support an artist. Hold on to the thing. Mm. They're, That's good music citizenship yeah. right there. Um, these albums are not just like pressings of things that were recorded. One is an EP that they only released on tour. Like you had to show up to their merch table and purchase it or you didn't get it. It's there. I can't find those tracks online. One of them is another Ooh. like a B-side to a seven inch you cannot find online. Uh, and another is a repressing of their very, very first EP. You can find that online, but I really want it. So those are coming in. I, I'm going to hold them. I'm going to love them. But We're feeling the love. We're yeah, feeling the love here. I'm just I'm trying to avoid the inevitable. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hold on what I have because I'm going to just dominate the room if I just start talking about it. I want you all to just team up right now. <laughs> Huddle up for a minute. Come up just, with a game plan. Yeah. 
I don't want this to be me versus you guys. I want this to be a group conversation, no, but I'm just going to allow things to happen. Here's what I want, actually. Can you give our yes, listeners please. a little bit of a sense of uh, just an objective description of what this music is, the origins of the band, and where they fit within the constellation of experimental rap and then mainstream rap? Okay. Trying to stick to a more bird's eye view while giving an honest uh, discussion of them because I've watched tons of interviews recently. I've watched, I've read tons of reviews of things. Um, I've learned a lot about them, but this is what you might need to know to understand it. Clipping is a Los Angeles-based three-piece experimental hip-hop group. They kind of reject the term experimental. We'll, we can talk about that later. It is composed of Davi Diggs, Tony Award-winning actor Davi Diggs, known for his role as Marquis de Lafayette and Thomas Jefferson in Hamilton. Really? Yes. Oh, my goodness. Well he done him. Was, he and Lin-Manuel Miranda have been friends for a Salute long time. That. Um, Tony Award-winning he Get has in, been David. in, yeah. He's he's been acting a lot more recently. He was in a movie called Blind Spotting, which was uh, received fairly well in tons of little independent film circuits. He's been in TV. He's been in other plays. He's been on a grind. The other two guys are music producers. One is William Hudson, PhD actually. He's a PhD in uh, performance arts. Um, nice. He and the other guy is Jonathan Snipes, a, a composer for film scores a lot of the time. Cool. Both very much noise musician fanatics. Trance, noise, harsh noise, very experimental things, stuff that you're never going to hear on the radio, things that you can't go walking down the street to. That's that's them. That's the sort of noise they make. Again, based in Los Angeles, they've been making music together since about 2012. They have uh, their first mixtape, Mid-City, came out in, I think, 2012, 2013. Their first album... Most people call it clipping. I've heard them pronounce their own album name, C-L-P-P-N-G. It's just clipping without the vowels and in all caps. Um, then their second album, Splendor and Misery, came out two-ish years ago. They are signed to Sub Pop, Rep uh, Sub -Pop Records. Uh, Sub Pop Records. Um, and they are gearing up for a third album. We have literally no information on it. All I know is that they've been recording it recently. I've uh, been keeping track of them a lot more. And uh, that those are... Those are the boys. That's a good overview. They make they make music that sounds like if you decided to start shooting static with a machine gun. I think that's a good description. Mm. Okay. Hopefully. That Let's makes sense. That makes sense. Okay. So can I give you just like my yeah, my first it. take? Go All for right. It. Um, you had prefaced it with such a like a strong you know listener beware kind of thing. Yeah. That I was sort of braced, and. I actually didn't find it that um, uh, experimental. Hmm. So calling it an experimental album, um, I think maybe I could see how they, they would resist that, that term. And here's why. I see a couple of major musical traditions that they are um, building off of. So I, what they're doing to me... Sure, it's in the avant-garde movement, but it's in a movement. It's not so far afield that you can't connect with it. So a lot of like the high-pitched feedback sounds, like the banging on metal sounds, the water sounds, the static sounds, yeah. um, that's the kind of thing that's been in like hardcore um, since the 90s. And so I actually remember a, a band that was 
uh, the the German band Rammstein. Do you uh, remember them? Rammstein, yes. Yeah. So they're a German band, and they were huge in the late 90s, but they made a crossover into pop. So, like, everybody heard their big song, which was Duhost, uh, was the name of the song. Right. And so a lot of those sounds, like banging on pipes and falling downstairs and, like, little tinkle chimes and rapid-fire snare sounds yeah. took me back to Rammstein. And so in a lot of ways, I think this is a, a trap album that has been produced by Rammstein. <laughs> if, heard, you, if you could say that, like we you know, know, we know Rammstein is industrial rock, yeah. and the the term I would assign to them more than experimental. Experimental covers such a wide, yeah. vague range. Yeah, I would call it helpful. more industrial, industrial noise, industrial yeah. in a sense. And I mean, if you listen to the actual uh, beats, yeah. I mean, they're not doing anything really that funky. I mean, they've got a lot of four four and three four time signatures that you can rap over. And then they got some weird stuff. And but... so you know, but f- for for the most part, that is is something that I could understand. It wasn't like so far fetched that that I couldn't come in on. So that's the music side. On the lyrical side. I thought it was very traditional. Um, the flow to me was like a classic fast rapper lyricism. And it's very unique in its own way. It's recognizable, but it didn't see, it didn't seem like um, a, a lyrical flow that um, was hard to recognize or hard to connect with what other people do. Um, so those were, those are my, Strengths. Those are my positives. Those are like my, my kind of way okay. in. Um, and so I'll save uh, the criticism for, until the next round. For now. Okay. Yeah. Mm. Okay. Round one, part two. Round one, <laughs> part two. Well, you know, I saw it and I was like, this is going to be interesting for sure. And mm. then I listened to the first track and then I sent Cooper an email saying, what the heck is this? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because it's. The just moment this, I got that email was when I. I was very I, confused. I realized, oh shoot, I didn't. Uh, I might have. I might have. I should have thought through this more. <laughs> <laughs> but in that um, first track, he rhymes "cash" with "Cassius Clay," which is like a lyrical move that's just putting you right in the middle of like a great flow, great lyricism. So yeah, but yeah. Um, right. And I don't know. It was interesting to see. Um, I guess more than anything, the album helped me see more of my own taste and more of how I'm I, my, my listening is so much based on uh, its sound and how I receive the sound um, like even just moments ago when when you guys asked me about Kid Cudi I was like oh man I'm not sure I just really like how he makes music and what it sounds like and, yeah. and the pleasure I get in that Same. and so to go from that to, to this where it almost seems like you almost have to have like that uh uh, acquired taste for this kind of because the, the thing that I received most especially for the first half of the album was pain yeah there's I, definitely in, intentional pain there's on some, the eardrums some pain yes. going on and, yes. and I listened to this while I was working out and so I listen to stuff loud when I'm working out Yeah. and so I was like what is going on Yeah. but then when I would get past some of that pain stuff and listen to how he was flowing and how he's rapping I mean he's a pretty good rapper like he can hold his hold his own. Um, yeah. There's a there's a if y'all ever hear Hamilton, the fastest portions on the entire Hamilton album are when he is spitting at 
as ridiculous. Lafayette. That makes yeah. so much sense now. You can. Awesome. He was on Jimmy Fallon, yeah. and he was he did a lyric from this album, and he has the mouth the size of Steven Tyler. It's ridiculous, <laughs> but he, at that speed, I've never heard someone speak with a clear diction in that sense. Like the Eminem, rap, Eminem rap god, there. rap, rap god's, god, even yeah. rap god's flow. There are times where yeah. I, I had to look up the lyrics to be like, what in the world are you getting yeah. at here? He spits at least close to Rap God's flow. That's and as mean. long as I listen to it a few more times, can I can hear his yeah. words. Yeah. You can almost hear the space in between each one of his words. Yeah. Which was impressive. Yeah. But I had to get past a lot of the yeah. initial like shock value of the song and thinking like, this is not my, you know, Kid yeah. Cudi, Kanye, Chance, family dynamic yeah. going on here. This is... I'm not sure what's going on. I totally understand. But uh, I guess those are some general feelings that are more positive. And there's not a lot of interest in melody yeah. at all. No. Yeah. Um, but there is an interest in like um, building through adding layers. Like the one that has the alarm clock in it stood out to Get me. Up. Get up. Get up. So it starts with this alarm clock buzzer sound mm-hmm. and everyone hates to hear their alarm clock yeah, go off. Yeah, it's true. It's the, it's the worst sound. And so to start with that and to just like let it keep going and their songs are long. Most of their songs are north of five minutes. Yeah. Um, this it, is a 55 minute long album yeah. with I think 14 tracks. So it really creates a, a cognitive dissonance or pain almost as, yeah. as you hear that alarm. But then what they do in that track is they add another alarm clock and yeah. another, mm-hmm. and that creates a chord. And you know what that took me back to was Pink Floyd. Like Pink Floyd has a song that starts with all alarm clocks, yeah. and it starts with one. It's off of Dark Side of the Moon. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't remember which which track it is. Um, and but but that kind of like avant-garde experimental noise use of noise mm. um, to build into something. Um, is is something that that can be connected to a tradition, which yep. I thought was kind of cool. Yeah. yeah. Oddly enough, that was actually one of my favorite songs. Yeah. Because I realized what they were actually doing with the sound. Yeah. They were contributing to the music and perhaps part of its meaning, mm-hmm. while the other stuff it seemed just to want to in- inflict pain on me and uh, mm-hmm. unsure about what was going on with that. And in that song, you have the female vocalist who is very melodic and who gives you that brief reprieve Mm -hmm. from the intensity of the alarm clock. Yeah. Um, And the the flow is so rapid fire in that one, Um, which, I mean, the dude is a technician, no doubt about it. Mm. I was was reading the Pitchfork review um, of the two albums. I saw them like a few years ago when I was just looking over their Wikipedia page and I was like, how these albums get received? I saw the Pitchfork reviews. Pitchfork has given them the lowest rating consistently out of any other publication. Yeah, 5.6. 5.6 for their first and 5.3 for their second. Uh, And I I read the reviews just to be like, okay, why? Why exactly? Uh, And one of the last lines they had in the review of this album was uh, his backpackery flow and... uh, (laughs) I think less than qualified lyricism or something. No way. They, oh, I, I disagree with that. I have been, I have been less mad at worse things than when I heard him critique David's lyricism because, like, I he's not Shakespeare, 
but the man will wrap most people under the table, even in a freestyle. He's part mm -hmm. of he's part of a freestyle collective with Lin Manuel Miranda. It might have been disbanded by now, but the man doesn't stop moving when he starts speaking, and that's just you know that's flow related. But his rhyming, his storytelling, his his mastery of creating a picture through words, yeah, blows yeah. pretty much anyone else in the current meta out the water. Yeah, he really, I noticed, like, when I was listening to it, he has so many nouns. Like, I don't know, maybe I'm wrong, but he seems to use a lot of these big noun word pictures You know what on. nouns he doesn't use, though? He does not use personal pronouns. Mm. You ever notice there was not That's one... interesting. There was not one I, me, or my that was spoken by anyone other than a character? I don't huh. even think that was on the album. The only times I've heard him say I, me, or my in an album yeah. were, is his second album, and he is rapping from the perspective of a character. Yeah. He's rapping as a character who is rapping. Right. Not once That's in the album do you hear I, me, or my. Hmm. The hook in Work, Work has I in it. Does it? Oh, no, it's not the hook. It's the... Um, Unless you're talking about... It's the... Yeah, uh, cock Pistol Cray. Cock, cock yeah. Pistol Cray. The, um, um, the, the, verse the features yeah. will have I, yeah. me's, and my's. Yeah, I read that note on Rap Genius that it's supposed to be like he's not relaying his lived experience, but he is a mouthpiece for yeah. what he's observed. That's... And, and that connects me back to Illmatic and Nas. And the the where it's sort of like the commentator with a with the bird's eye view. And I really saw that in Inside Out. And Nathan, I think this might be the one you're talking about with all the nouns. So it's like Donald Duck, Sunny, Sunny D, D, Tampico Capri Sun, yeah, Orange Couch, Plastic Grab, What's Happening Reruns, and so <laughs> oh, I love this. I know so many of these lyrics. You got it, man. You're the you're, you're the number one fan. Um, but all of those are nouns. They are also color images, yeah, and they're from a kid's perspective. And so oh, that's where this album for me, it was on that track Inside Out. That was where I started to dig the concept a little bit um, because he's creating this picture of a kid's lived experience and the, and the types of images um, that would be around him. Um, and some of those are very innocent childlike mm. images, like the ones that, that you just mentioned. Um, but then some of them get really rough, you know, yes. um, and there's, there's abuse and home life is, is tough. Um, and so these are, this is some of the, f yeah, the few times writing. that like, songwriting has ever made me uncomfortable but at the same time it mitigates that through being i i was listening to uh an interview where they were talking about while they were touring their album they they brought up the a track they released uh outside of this called knees on the ground which was released in conjunction with the police shootings that were happening or or were highly publicized about a couple of years ago it's pretty much one of their two like strictly politically motivated tracks, even then, it did a very good job of trying to be objective while carrying a political message. It um, it had a lot of very distinct imagery in it while not being, it. I mean, it isn't FDT. It isn't, it isn't YG being like, screw Donald Trump. Uh, it's, I've, actually they song. did, they did make a track about that. Yeah. They made a, they made a track called Fat Fingers. Yeah. Um, which is just a Donald Trump diss track. Yeah. It's not their best. They they admitted they made it in 12 hours and it's not that great. I just think it's kind of hilarious. But um, there's a generation of consciousness rap that's happening right now that isn't all just cerebral consciousness. It's also kind of like more off the cuff politically conscious. Yeah. And I think that's that's the difference mm. between like your quality 
you know, old head, cerebral, political consciousness, and yeah. some of these new, uh, I don't know if you call them mumble consciousness rappers. In the but beginning, poli- yeah. politically oriented. Smoke so. Perp's most popular song yeah. is called Audi. It's literally nothing about anything other than he likes Audis. Yeah. But one of his very first lines, like he's being like, yo, Perp, yeah, Donald Trump. It's just like, why? Yeah. And that was, I mean, <laughs> Okay, you're here, uh, and now you're never going to talk about it again. That's cool. Keep going. Whatever. Why? And then, yeah, it's right. You know, it's such – this might have been a time where people just – it might be cool to be political, but you only need to be That's so a in good passing. Point. Like it's token politics. Mm. That's a good point. That's a good way of looking at it. Um, so going back I'm gonna to the – I'm going to have to bleep that out. I'm going to have to go back. <laughs> uh, going back to like point of view and persona and character in this right. – um, the one that made me super uncomfortable mm-hmm. was Blood and Body. Body which, and Blood. Or, Same. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. that's after the intro. And the intro has this, it's very short, but it's got this high-pitched feedback um, sound. There's almost no instrumentation on it. It's like it's like opening the door and someone's screaming at your face. Yeah. It, I see that track as the most, as the most honest welcome to an album possible. Because yeah. if you're not going to like, if you can't, not, yeah, a, not yeah, just like, if you yeah. can't stomach the intro, you yeah. won't be able to enjoy the rest of the album. Yeah. I like the intro at this point. Yeah. I've listened to it so many times that I like it because his flow is as much as I need to be engaged. Yeah. But if you can't survive the intro, if you're if you're already like, this hurts, I don't care for it, you, the, the chances of you enjoying what comes next are severely reduced. But then the second track takes a pretty different thematic shift because mm. it, it it's looking at a character who is a I've heard psychopath her described, killer described as a black widow esque yeah black widow esque yeah. um, so there's sort of like this sexy killer vibe yeah. going on um, and I I thought it was trite um, mm. I I really thought like. If you were going to do this and gender it the other direction, um, it would just that's kind of a litmus test for me. Like change, change the political party, change the gender, change the race. How does it play? Does it need to be one or the other for there to be some artistry here? And if you get kind of a man doing this, it just is really, really cliche and lame. And then to have a woman doing it doesn't actually make it less cliche to me. Mm. Um, I don't think it subverts anything. Um, I think it's too, like, on the nose um, to work. The the imagery is very much like um, um, torture tropes um, that I just sort of thought were... If they weren't so cliche, I would have not found it as distasteful. Um, so in presenting, like, super graphic content to me the standard goes up for your ability to be innovative and artistic so Mm. that's the one that um i really didn't have anything positive to say about um the creepy deep voice on the hook though made me think of rammstein that was actually my my connection to okay this just this on an aesthetic level has a lot to do with um, industrial rock. Um, That's a sample from a, a power electronics group called Death Pile. Okay. Um, I, I found that out and I looked that track up and it was a song called Shrine. And that, that showed to me, like, I, I knew where their 
influences came from a lot because they were on an episode of What's in My Bag, which they take artists and pu- public figures and they send them through a record store. Then they come back and they talk about what they bought. Mm. They came back and the producers brought out like, here's this trance album, which is like in six, eight and two, <laughs> four at the same time. Nice. And this other person brought out, here's a Power Electronics album. Here's a Merzbau album, which is nothing but harsh noise and static made from distorted breaking glass and a contact microphone. <laughs> and here's an album that's nothing but a woman singing while she's breathing in. And the mm. weirdest nonsense. I mean, if you're if you have a PhD in like popular, art. if your dissertation was on electronic and computer music, you're a weird person already, pretty <laughs> much. So I I understand when it comes to like that that kind of noise and that those sorts of influence. Yeah, I thought that was cool. Um, but if you if you contrast that second song, Body and Blood, with something like Summertime, um, Summertime, um, or Inside Out. I think Work Work is probably one of the most innocent tracks, honestly. Yeah. Or, I mean, I mean just as far as, like, a character in storytelling, though. Yeah. Um, dominoes, um, those paint really vivid pictures that, to me, um, are innovative and not just kind of like a, um, a comfortable, recognizable trope, which is what I, I saw in um, Body, Body and Blood. Blood. So mm. that's a kind of a sense of my... Okay. Take on on the the lyrical. Uh, oh, the spoken word one I really like too. Which one? Um, that one was. Do you mean dream? D- uh, dream. Where it's just yeah. I very rarely finish listening to listening. To it's long. They're all long. It's aren't long they? and they're it's very long. difficult to pay attention to for me. Yeah. Because I am mm. a very distracted person. Well, I but. thought it. I thought it was excellent. He, they <laughs> use church bells and night sounds in it. The hook is actually whispered. There are some little finger snaps, um, and he makes a mythological greek god into a verb yeah in the, in that so he says how disrespectful don't they see the way he Poseidoned up oh, to the top right. where it all breaks and everyone that rides the wave yep. falls off that's great He's, i mean that is a really strong lyric you can where you're playing with language you're playing with tradition and you're still hard you can see like the big three of the 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 greek gods being expressed there like the beginning talks about was it um, Kush walk in the streets, and you could see that's the underworld. Kush wash in the Kush uh, walk in the ocean starts the second verse, and then you have Kush walk in the clouds in the third verse, and that's where he's talking about being on rooftops. You yeah. have Hades, Poseidon, and Zeus. You have the you have the underworld, the ocean, and the sky all wrapped into one. So it's 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 a more consistent theme than just dropping one god as a as a verb might initially right. appear. And that's why I thought this, in a lot of ways, is a little bit more high concept than what we saw with um, Little Boat album, which masquerades... A little more high concept? Which masquerades as a concept album. I'm, it's true. Okay, Little Boat is garbage it in so many to ways. It little, I am not going to defend <laughs> yeah. the overall artistic integrity yeah. of Little Boat other than the tracks that are supposed to be Little Boat yeah. because they're big and dumb and loud. And I, but I just I, have I to like throw that. that in there to let people know that yeah. you know I, I did my homework. Okay, <laughs> at, at least at least we didn't treat this with the same abandon we do my other favorite yeah, no, albums. It's, it's, th- this has le- some lyrical legitimacy to it, yeah. in a way that these guys that are just, you know, kind of like the the Xanax rappers don't have. Yeah. Mm. Do you have a uh, some some deep thoughts there? Some Nathan? deep thoughts. Well, I I was really having a hard time because I listened to the first half. Um, when I was at the gym and it was again just painful and I was already doing mm-hmm. something painful and yeah. so it was like double painful <laughs> but um, 
I started to try to like get beyond that, and that was when I talked to Gleason about like what's what what are we doing? <laughs> like, yeah, you did. Actually, yo, yo, before this. I, uh, we did. Yeah, we had to. Um, and he was like, "Well, the second half is better," and I was like, "Yeah, we'll see about that." And honestly, it was. I think they do have some provocative storytelling ability. I I do like how they're able to to jump perspective. Like I just read this that clipping deletes the eyes because it's not doing first person perspective. Yeah. That's the idea. Um, which, the title of the album. The title of yeah. the album, yeah, itself. And so that's really interesting. And, and, you know, some of these songs are, a lot of them are about some serious concepts, like some of these shootings and, and whatnot. And it's telling these stories from their, from these perspectives. And even that other one, um, uh, what was it called? Crap. The one with the Poseidon lyric. Which one is that? That's dream, dream, dream. dream. Yeah. yeah, they're 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 telling from three different story angles or three different perspectives, like in the city, and then they yeah. talk about like hey, let's Noah's yeah. Ark this thing, which is interesting to turn that into a verb as well. Yeah. Um, so there is some creativity to it, uh, and honestly, his rap ability, I pre- that was the one of the one things I could definitely appreciate. Um, but I just could not get past. I didn't under, I didn't understand the, the sound. Like some of the sounds, like they just didn't make any sense to me. Like I get if you're trying to, you know, be cool with that, like shotgun reloading type of deal, or like some of these other creative s- sounds I've heard. I wasn't sure what the intentionality behind some of the song, the sounds were. Like the alarm clock one, I liked it somewhat um, because I understood what was going on. But some of the other ones, like. Man, just don't know what's going on. You know, like, why are you using that sound? Is there intentionality behind it, or is it just like, this is cool, let's try it? Uh, no, um, there's no intentionality. Ah. I mean, there, there, the alarm clock one is pretty obvious, right. and there are some others. But the creators, they're they're noise musicians. They don't pick objects to make noise out of, like the way that um, there's an electronics group called Matmos. They have an album called like spin cycle or something that it's an electronics album made out of the sounds produced by a washing machine. <laughs> and literally every sound is produced oh, by no. a washing machine. And it's a good album. Interesting. It's got, it's, it's much less aggressive than clipping. It's actually just a good electronic album. They don't produce their beats being like, so this album is about this. We should get this noise. I mean, yeah. rarely if they need like a sound effect because they think it'll help. Cool. But they'll think like, you know, what will go here a high frequency noise that begins with a large pulse. <laughs> and so they think, yeah. cool, glass shattering. Or they think, mm-hmm. you know what will make this noise? The closing of an oven door. Not like we're talking about a kitchen, so let's close an oven door. Let's open a fridge. Sure, it's, sure. I see what these noises are going to make the sounds that we want. It's what literally any other producer would do, except they make field recordings. Mm-hmm. And then those are the samples. They're like all the samples are things they've made, except, you know, couple rare situations like that song that was sampled for body mm-hmm. and blood and but they're all within a very tight range of noises yeah that's fair. so there's not a huge variety of noise um you know like there's it's mostly metallic yeah um and there's not um there's not a lot of resonance in most of their sound it, it, it doesn't i would disagree a whole lot i mean I think that... even the chorus of get up the entire point is that the, you build a harmony through the sounds of the alarm clocks, and then yeah. they build up a resonance. And even then, in like Inside Out or Taking Off, yeah. a lot of those beats, the moment something hits, it resonates. And the only sound that you get for a while is just the resonance of a sound that okay. came before. And they might manipulate the resonance, and, the resonance yeah. and then bounce it back to be yeah. the next part of the beat. It's uh, like... 
I totally understand missing a lot of these things because it yeah. takes forever for me to get through right, like, yeah. the wall of noise that they're I creating. Think part of it too is I don't want to listen to it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right, because, cool. like, you, we got there. You know, it just like if you could get rid of the noise, the rapping would be I, so good. I could good. get with that flow, Jeez. but the but the music side of it to me is like it's sort of. You use the word intentionally aggressive, and I thought that was a good way of, of putting it because it's so hard on the listener because it's so sustained. So mm-hmm. my experience with the very first track, Intro, mm-hmm. you hear that high pitch frequency, yeah, and then he immediately comes in with this like long string of words. And I was like, oh, I'm going to love this. This is super cool. Oh, wait, the noise isn't going yeah, away. Yeah, it doesn't. Oh, I thought it was going to crackle into something else, and then there's going to be a beat. Nope. Um, and so it's just the fact that it is so prolonged. Yeah. Um, whereas, like if like you reference uh, trance or dubstep uses it a lot, trip hop uses it a lot, where you get those sounds, but they are peppered in. Um, they're not the entire substance, and so that's what makes me say. Yeah, I don't want to listen to that. I want to <laughs> like I can get with your voice, I can get with your flow, and I get that this is there's genuine intellect involved here, um, but my taste um, is just so far afield from from the the dissonance and from the um, prolonged um, uh, aggression <laughs> in the sounds. And I listen to Philip Glass. I mean, who's a you know. Einstein on the Beach was a experimental minimalist composition in the 70s that was mainly counting for four hours. Yeah. Okay. And so, like, I could get with that. Um, Philip Glass was weird. Yeah. My, my uncle liked Philip Glass yeah, a lot. Yeah, my yeah. mom hated Philip yeah. Glass. So. And it's, it's interesting, too, because, again, this album has kind of been more revealing, I guess, about myself and my own yeah. taste. And that's kind of made me ask the question, like, what is the point of sound? Right? Yeah. Like, what, what, what is it? contribute to the song itself is it is it a helping carry the meaning is it part of the meaning is it like what's you know what's the deal and uh, to me it's just shown that i like the sound because it's pleasurable like i it, it's it helps me relate better to the song you know maybe it makes me go back to a certain time or to think about a certain subject matter that's why i like macklemore so much there's something about macklemore and ryan lewis's sound that makes me go back to the good old days so to speak or the the, the, the constant theme of coming of age that I, I just love so much. Um, Pre-Gemini, Macklemore. Pre, there's some, there's there's some a Gemini. Gemini. There's, yeah, there's a couple. A Gemini. Yeah. But then, yes, then, then he kind of loses me because he's he, then, then he just loses his sound because it's just terrible. So you know, what, what, is, what is the point of, of sound for, for a song? I, I remember I'm you interested. talking about how you like rap. You like finding Chance's rap redemptive, mm-hmm. finding a redemptive quality in the yeah. music. And that's... Remembering that made me realize, oh, he's going to hate this. Yeah, um, that's exactly that was my next thing. Because I was like, <laughs> there is literally no redemption in any song. Dude, I every was song, feeling... go ahead. Every song either ends sad <laughs> yeah. uh, through tragedy or it ends in a question mark. Not positive. It's more like it's just saying, like, like what are you going to do Spanish now? Question mark. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Like, like get up or 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 die. Don't end in tragedy. Yeah. They're just. They're talking about something else. Yeah. But Body and Blood is nothing but a song about tragedy. Tonight takes 
a, a popular concept, but still spins it in a way that portrays it as a tragically sad sort of impersonal event. Um, yep. And then uh, the dream is just a sad, sad sound through all of it, through its super low-key mellow. It sounds like you're shot up on heroin the whole, to- whole time. Like it, it is that slow. sort of slowness to it. Um, story. Story two ends in the saddest possible way I could think it yeah. ends. But that was an interesting one because it also had a very traditional narrative arc. Yeah. So you have exposition, you have characterization, you have um, conflict, uh, rising action, climax, and falling action. So <clears throat> I thought as far, and, and calling it story too, um, was I thought a thoughtful title. Um, story one was on their first mixtape. Okay, I, I didn't see it on this album. So um, is that is it a continuation of another No, it's, one? Not, a, it's okay. not a direct sequel. But each each <clears throat> album has had a story track, yeah. which is literally... It is their most most straightforward story. Like every yeah. every song is a story in its sense, but it's the one that has the most. This is the story it's arc. A, it is a follow like, A short to B story to C structure. Granted, so. story one was actually yeah. not the most structured. It was a little more circular. But you're right, Nathan. It is it is a bleak scene. You know, sad, 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 sad. Yeah. You know, not a lot of good um, happens. So, and maybe connecting it back connecting it back to Nas and Illmatic, he does a lot of that type of storytelling um, and almost like eyewitness reporting. Um, but I think Nas, I just felt was a little bit maybe more hopeful than, than this. This this seems bleaker yeah. than, th- than Illmatic. Illmatic celebrates a little bit what at, I th- at times. But. What I think uh, isn't present here that makes people generally feel like something is more hopeful is that when you hear stories that come from Nas or Jay or other people, yeah. it's a story that through somewhere in there, you can find a moral. Yeah. E- even if it's just the fact that they're speaking about this and the language they're using, they might not end it with, by the way, you should do this, or here's the moral of the story. There's a sense of survival. Yeah. You don't find morals in a majority of these tracks. They have stories, but you don't find a commentary on the ending morality or the ethics of this it's they described it as like a journalistic object objectivistic view of a scene inside out more so than all which is just yeah, literally definitely. describing an area and what is happening storm coming everybody yeah. inside it's, it's a war coming it's less Stack like your bread get high yeah it's less like they're intentionally trying to make everything sad they're just describing things that are sad or in the case of some other things, they just describe things in a in a way that literally d- does make them sad. That's like that's what tonight does. Um, but the hopelessness I find is that hope isn't immediately present in any of these unless you are the kind of person who will ask for it or will write it in. Like as an as a lyricist, you make it more hopeful. They don't introduce any of that hope. There are they tell stories specifically that don't have any hope in them, but a lot of the times it's just they let it sit. And, you know, if you're the kind of person who wants hope, you will never enjoy their songs. They're, they're just not going to give you it. There's literally one song I know that you might enjoy if you look for hope. And it's mm. the very last song on their second album. And that's out of like 50 songs they've made. It is. There's nothing else. So here here's the big question. Why do you love this band so much? Cooper? Okay. Let's break down. Just go full on fanboy. And tell us, like, 
where you first found them and okay. why you know why are you so hyped here's one of the here's one of the things that i came to and realized in the beginning was that uh like when i realized you guys were not gonna like it that much i i immediately started constructing not a defense <laughs> but more like like you were saying you ask yourself why do i like something like this yeah uh and i like my first reaction is to man it is there's no air conditioning in this room <laughs> oh my lord so toasty. We, turned, we would turn on the fan if it wasn't so loud um <laughs> but yeah uh the first time i listened to it my reaction is like i like this for the same reason that i like minnesota by Lil Yachty, the same reason that I like Audi by Smoke Perp, the same reason that I like Gucci Gang or or Boss by Little Pump. Like, those are dumb songs. Interesting. But they're good to me because yeah. they have what I want. You were saying, like, you like the sound of mm -hmm. something. The sound mix in with the lyrics, and it all makes one feeling, sort of. Like, for Chance, the lyrics are a little separate. The lyrics build on things. But, and this is something I came across and wrote, like, a mini little dissertation on a little thesis for this a while ago when i was researching mumble rap like people's feelings on mumble rap and i i came across this mumble rap's point is not the same as rest the rest of rap people people who dislike mumble rap can dislike it for certain reasons but if you ever dislike it because the lyrics are bad then you shouldn't be listening to it not because you know you just shouldn't listen to things you don't like but because you're not ready for it you're giving it rules that you have applied to another genre the rules that apply to jay-z and Nas's raps are not the rules that apply to mumble rap hmm. because they're not the rules that apply to dubstep or electronics those don't have lyrics you don't pay attention to those because they don't have lyrics the only difference here is that the sounds they're making technically form words but those are just supposed to be an instrument in themselves mm -hmm. the noises they are making are not meant to be interpreted as a uh, specific information they mix with the rest of the sound you're not you're literally not supposed to hear the lyrics you're not supposed to understand the lyrics you're supposed to let them meld with the rest of the music and it becomes the sound it is it, the but article i read mumble rap. i know this is this is my little soapbox i want to talk about okay. mumble. i wanted the chance to do this i didn't get to it last okay. time um the the article i read was talking about playboy cardi's last album dial it Tons of people hate it. I totally understand why. But he said that this, that um, Playboy Cardi is the mumble rap Monet. Because Monet was a French impressionist. And when Monet's first works came out, everyone hated them. Mm -hmm. They hated them. If you've ever seen something like Impressions at Sunrise, which is one of Monet's paintings, you would understand when you hear that uh, a certain French critic at the time called it unfinished. Said it wasn't even art. Because if you are giving it the same rules as traditional painting at the time, it's not finished. There are smears everywhere. You can barely tell if there's any definition in any of the shapes. But that's never been the point of Impressionism. Mm -hmm. It's how all of it forms together and then hits you at once. You don't pick apart the individual brushstrokes because they're bad in that way. It's everything at once. And in mumble rap, the same way. I don't pick apart the noise. I don't pick apart the lyrics from the bass, from the drums, from the melody. It's all the same thing. That's why I like uh, mumble rap. That's my little soapbox on mumble rap. Can I push back on that? <laughs> okay. So what you're saying is very, very generous. And I think you're right to divide different genres, and, and we apply different rules of genres, but mumble rap is still claiming to be rap. And there has to be some sort of 
of lyricism to to rap that is that that is by definition part of the genre mumble rap claims to be rap because it's defined as mumble rap and people call them rappers mm-hmm. i mean if you look at mumble rappers Mumblers, they aren't the most <laughs> ingenious people on the planet right Chance even is a mumble rapper take that back <laughs> that was just that was you didn't even have to look at him just like stop it he is he called himself okay that. stop it what? okay 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 that's this this is the point mumble rap is a young genre and there is no definition within it yet they call themselves rappers because that's what they have been that's told they, they are or what they feel like they are mm-hmm. or what they feel like they can get away with i think yeah. it's a catch-all for an industry it is like mumble rap doesn't have a definition Mumble rap is kind of a noise. Like if you ask someone like YBN Corday, who comes from a group of people I'd call mumble rappers, he isn't a mumble rapper. He makes the same sort of music. Like he made a song called Kung Fu. It's For me, it was the banger of last summer. The man's still not a mumble rapper. Mm-hmm. He, he speaks with diction, but the point of his songs is still not that like the his the sound of his own voice can mix in with the music and then make a whole feeling but he still has songs that aren't that it's i'm saying that this is the beginning of the new of a new sort of genre that i think think people will understand later because we've been in the cycle people hated french impressionism people hated the beatles people hated jazz people claim jazz was the beginning of the moral degradation of america's teenagers jazz's uprise in the 20s was decried as killing america's morals People, Which is what you know, they described as rap. Yeah, That's what and Kendrick Lamar goes People looked about. at the Beatles and says it was anti-music. People called the Beatles anti-music, and we now recognize them as one of the most popular, influential, and best rock bands of all time. But how do we distinguish between when someone's being the Beatles and when someone's being Little Yachty, right? You, if, we, if we get so into the subjectivism of genre and we're not able to judge something, judge, judge some music by some sort of criteria it seems difficult to be able to i mean yeah sometimes things are ahead of their time but it's like what when can we come to the point where we just say this is bad this is not good music and i can judge that based on this criteria i think all you have to do right now is say you don't like it because literally the only thing that will prove that something has legs is when you look back and realize it does new wave like british new wave bands that came here like dead or alive with like you spin me right around but like that noise fell off there's pockets of it but it's dead at this point mm-hmm. it doesn't have the same sort of legs that metal did when it came out or punk did when it came out yeah and we didn't know those noises were going to stay but they did mum i i literally have no idea if mumble rap's going to be around in 20 more years but I know that it's popular right now. In 20 years, I may look back and be like, well, I was dumb and I like dumb music. <laughs> but yeah. till then, I don't, I, I think uh. it's foolishness to constantly look at stuff and claim that, not, not that you dislike it, but that it is bad when you, when you should understand that we've been doing this forever. So honestly, a little bit more charity is kind of the smarter yeah. choice to take with things. Understanding that, hey, I can be looked back as the moron who said Monet was trash. Why not just take a little bit more time and at least understand what other people have to say? This came because I read a genius forum and someone posted about why do you like mumble rap? And it was his excuse to talk about why he doesn't like it. So when someone came forward and said, I like mumble rap for this reason, he said, you're wrong. And I'm like, they can't be. It's their reason for liking music. Um, that so was I, my soapbox. Do you have something I to say? I think that's interesting. And when it comes to music, there is a level of subjectivity that's just... 
it's it's really tough to to evaluate. For me, lyricism, ability to use language to produce something in a in a listener, um, has a, a different set of of criteria um, because um, language doesn't have it's very naked compared compared to to music right so it's black and white it's it's on the page or you're hearing a word spoken and so i can look at clipping versus um brockhampton or um yachty um or pump and i can say clipping is so far superior artistically intellectually um i can't say everyone's going to like clipping and everyone's going to hate little Yachty's lyrics. But I can say that one is a much more masterful user of language yeah. than another. And so there we're not making aesthetic evaluations, mm. but, but we're sort of making um, uh, evaluations on um, quality. Yeah. Um, so that's, that's something that can be, so I think there's kind of, two slightly different conversations on, on yeah. that level. So, there are two very... Yeah. I, I so could you link that back to I the, com- no, the yeah. noise of clipping? Um, I'm sorry, listeners. I'm turning on the fan. I'm dying. Oh. <laughs> that's just... Is I'm that, sorry just, is that clipping playing? Um, no, no, that's no. way more melodic that's than right, clipping. Yeah. This is clipping. I would rather... Uh, yeah. There it is. If I broke this over my knee, it'd be clipping. Yeah. Oh, man. Um, and allowed but, it to pierce my flesh. But part of that is craft, too. <laughs> so if we talk about like how these lyrics are crafted versus a lyric like, I love my Motorola, I love my Motorola, I love my Motorola is crafted. Like One is trying to use language with maximum um, effectiveness. And then the other one is trying to use language as just sort of like this, you know, whatever. Yeah. It's it's kind of the same way that the producers say. They need, we need a noise that just does this. Yeah. And for them, like, we need a noise that fills this bar for this much time. And they think, I can say, I love my Motorola. Right. That makes so sense. So if you, if, you if you try to move that over to the music side, mm-hmm. like, if you have, like, I watched, um, what was the documentary that had... Um, um, bu- 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 some of the best producers on it. I can't remember. It'll, it'll come to me later. Um, but this was an old school um, uh, Just Blaze. Just Blaze was the producer they were following around mm-hmm. in this documentary. And he's old school and he's going around following um, some of these young producers. And he's like, hey, show me how you do your stuff. The guy's like, okay, let me show you. And he gets the, the, uh, the MacBook Pro out and he's like, okay, I do this and I do that. Five minutes later, he was like, I'll probably sell this track that we just made for I don't know, 50K to some nobody. And, and and so Just Blaze was like, I respect that there's a market for that. And me looking at it, though, I, I, I thought, Just Blaze, like, this dude, like, he will take weeks and weeks and months to put together an incredibly tight track that might not sell for as much, um, but he's an artist and a craftsman, yeah. whereas this other dude is kind of like an assembly line producer Oof. who's figured out how to brand himself yeah. in a capitalist economy. Yeah. There's a reason that people who suck make the most money right now. It's because they mm. have that brand. They that suck. Sells. They suck because they hit the lowest common denominator for the group of people who's most willing to spend money on music right now. But clipping's different because they're trying to be artists. Yes. Clipping the, is well and, and I really get that. I'm gonna finally bring it back to what the actual question was before I uh, hijacked everything for our 
admittedly, very intriguing educational conversation. <laughs> um, you asked why I liked noise. Okay. So back in 2014, I first started here. I was a very young, angry person. Uh, I started listening to punk. Nice. Um, my, my friend from the summer camp I worked at told me to start listening to Green Day. Oh, I did. man. That's All the, day. It's the very beginning of it. And then my uncle... Uh, the one who liked Philip Glass and loves nice. like computer music and yeah. stuff. He was also a big punk in the '80s, so he sent me a bunch of like uh, old Dead Kennedys records and and you know other like post punky stuff like Elvis Costello. And then I I picked up um, Dead Kennedys' Fresh Fruit for Rotting Vegetables has some of the most popular like punk tracks. If you ever played a, a Tony Hawk game, you're oh you're gosh. gonna have heard some of that. Nice. Um, and I started listening to punk music. It was very loud. It was very angry. Most of it was, you could just consider it noise. I mean, if you ever listen to Black Flag, it's just rock version of clipping in tons of ways. Maybe and, that's why I didn't have as much of a hard time with this, because I came up in punk and yeah. played in a punk band. Yeah. So The when, trombone. <laughs> um, our social media manager, Annie, uh, brought that up again today, and I was like, <laughs> man. I'm trying to circulate this rumor. <laughs> you know, it's true, but, you know. But, yeah, I, I got introduced to that harsh noise, and then I started even then listening to harder and harder versions of, of metal. I started getting into death metal. I started getting yeah. into like a, the edges of black metal. Like I, I love extreme music in a lot of ways. I like the fringes of things, not because they're the fringes, but because it's just noise I that appeal to me at this point. And that's a reason a lot of uh, mumble rap beats appeal to me right now because they're very harsh and distorted. And I get the same thing from clipping. The only difference is, from clipping, I get everything I want out of mumble rap being the sound I love, being this harsh, industrial, brutal bass and drum that kicks you in the stomach, but I also get a genuinely engaging flow and mm, story, yeah. and it just kicks to boot that I'm the kind of person that likes a hopeless story or likes a tragedy. I, I can appreciate a tragedy. You're not, mm-hmm. you're not like what I want my life to be. I don't search these things out, but if I if I can pick a Shakespeare play to watch, I'm gonna pick Hamlet over Midsummer Night's Dream. I'm gonna or pick, to read or to read. Uh, um, I'll pick <laughs> Fences over pick any number of happy plays. Uh, I'll pick friggin' uh, and Antigone or or Oedipus over over anything else. Like those those ring out with a version of life that I find interesting to look at. So they tell stories that I appreciate, not like I want to replicate, but stories I appreciate. They tell them incredibly well. Their lyricism and their impeccable uh, painting of a picture are the things I appreciate. Like the, That's like my sort of writing style. If, if I ever write something, it's, it's in that kind of a voice. And it comes with a beat that I like because it's just the kind of weird I appreciate the most. Um, and when I first listened to the intro track, like I don't listen to the intro track when I'm working out because, again, there's no beat. It's not something that gets me hyped up. But I still will love listening to the intro track because I'm the kind of person that can stand that harsh noise yeah, that's You really prolonged. have to be able to... You have yeah. to have endurance. Yeah. Mm-hmm. like it, it takes some chops. What I realize is that there's just... The nature of experimentation is that for some people it fails. Like artistic experimentation. Real world experimentation, if it fails, it fails. You didn't do what you wanted to do. Artistic experimentation, it works for some people. It doesn't work for others. So if you look at any number of experimental uh, musicians, you can put that in quotes, experimental people, 
don't like to call themselves experimental, but if they what they are doing is undoubtedly experimental, people are going to be polarized by it. Mm-hmm. I just happen to be on the side of the lines that gets everything I want from their music. There's nothing they make that I think that's just not for me. I mean, I'll admit tonight is the worst song in the album. Oof. It's it's the most it's the most uh unexperimental or or the one that has too many tropes that are not twisted the ways that I want them to. But everything else I get, no matter how harsh it is, or even if it literally does hurt my ears, like the opening track, sometimes those high piercing whistles, yeah, it's really high. sometimes it literally does hurt my ear, but I put myself through it because I love how everything feels in the end to me. So let me ask, do you enjoy this music or do you appreciate it? I, if I listen to the album, like start to end, I appreciate it. I will pick a couple tracks that I truly enjoy. Like okay. I enjoy the whole thing. Like that's the reason I'll listen to mm-hmm. it again and again and again. But it's because I appreciate it in a certain way okay. that I'm enjoying it. The same that's way. A good distinction. Like, no matter like you, you can hate the album all you want. I totally understand that, and I respect that you hate how something sounds and you don't want it near you. I totally get that. What I don't like is when someone listens to music like they did with the Beatles, like they did with, uh, like they saw when they looked at Impressionism, like they saw when they looked at so much music. I, I had a friend in high school who said dubstep was not music. She was adamant. She said it was not music and said that rap was not music. That was her saying she just didn't like it, but she picked the worst possible way to express mm-hmm. it. If you don't like how something sounds, I understand. I just don't, it sounds cruel but i write someone's opinions off for the majority when i hear someone say it's not music Mm -hmm. when they hear something that is most certainly music one of the things that they said in that pitchfork review was that there weren't any drums on a majority of track tracks so i went through and i listened to every one of them four of them don't have drums one of them's the intro one of them's the outro, which is literally just a compilation of noise oh, by one of their so producers. Painful. Oh gosh! Oh, yeah, I just the outro I had hurts. The, the outro I hurts. I just got it, Cooper. I'll be right back. It. I'll okay. be right back. Um, Get up doesn't have drums, but that's the point. Uh, and I don't think no, even Dream had drums. Yeah, they were low and in the background, but it had drums. Well, a bell is a drum. It's percussion. Yeah, literally, like they. The problem I saw with the Pitchfork review is that that reviewer again was adding rules from the genre he thought it was coming from. Again, like it's with mumble rap. You can take the rules from the genre you see, but the point of experimentation is that it's on the outside of something. Depending on which thing it's outside of, but you take something this far outside and this aggressive and it's this painful for people, at some point you you should sort of leave a lot of your expectations at the door in in, in tons of ways. Like it's, it's literally coming from the world of music concrete, the French movement, the movement that said almost anything can be music. That, that, that took the definition of music from being something that has melody and harmony and said, no, music is sound that I designed to sound this way. I like that definition because I like the idea that so many more things can fit art and I can find meaning in so many different places. Not because it sounds good or, or, or another reason, I like that I can find meaning expressed in a multitude of fashions. Same way with E.E. E. Cummings' poems. My old roommate said he hated E.E. E. Cummings' poems because he broke the rules of poetry, so it wasn't poetry. <laughs> I wanted to smack him. <laughs> Who was it? Uh, Sam Brock. <laughs> yeah, I was like, no, shut up. <laughs> you just, guys were just, an odd just pairing. Just <laughs> stop it. I know, I know. Okay, so here's my epiphany. Okay. 
we were talking about um, that last track that's just like all of this jumble of um, it sounds like at some point someone's scanning a radio station and it's super yeah. random. It's Williams uh, mix. That's the end. Yeah. That's the outro. It, here's the epiphany. The Beatles revolution number nine off the white album is that track. It's the same concept. It's the exact same concept. Mm. And so again, that's why when I was listening to this, I was like, it's experimental within a tradition. And so I recognize that there's an attempt to do something artistic. And so like, yeah, on the Beatles revolution number nine, it's like weird recordings played backwards and static and choppiness and counting. It and, takes samples from the album and just pitches yeah, them a different and way. Not even from the album, but from everywhere. And so it's very similar in that way. And they're trying to do something that was provocative and, and they were successful in doing that. Um, okay. You looked like you had something you were going to say, yeah. Nathan. Was it? A, oh, yeah. You yeah. had you had a look in your eye that said, yeah, but you're wrong. The whole time I was talking. So let's do <laughs> I this. I usually have that. Um, <laughs> it's funny that you bring up E.E. E. Cummings because there was a time where I, too, did not like E.E. E. Cummings. <laughs> um, and it's because I, I I'm really into this idea that before you start breaking rules, you have to respect them and you have to almost master them before you become that Muhammad Ali where you're doing your own thing or you're that master who's able to then step outside of those rules. And, and I don't know, maybe, maybe these guys, you know, clearly they know what they're doing. Like even, even there's just their like CV that you read off, like mad respect. So I guess maybe they, maybe I, I need to understand that they probably master the rules greatly yep. and then they're able to break them they definitely in some ways and that's what that's what it took for me to understand and respect e. e cummings more um because i was just like man this is just chaos like i just don't like when things just turn into chaos and they're just like we're breaking breaking the rules i mean even when you break rules there is a sense where you respect the rule e. e. and you're acknowledging them as rules poet of chaos i like that <laughs> i mean <laughs> something like that I'm, so i was re i was watching the interviews because another point like a lot of this argument was formed because I read the Pitchfork review and I'm like, here's why all you're just wrong. Um, I spent a lot of time arguing over it. And they said, like, they bring in these uh, old school rappers like Cock Pistol Cree or Gangsta Boo or uh, King T to be like, yeah, yeah, we know what gangster rap is. No, they know what it is. Mm. David Diggs grew up in Oakland. He grew up with the uh, their other producer, William Hudson. He's the he's the Ph.D. They grew up listening to people like a uh, bus driver who's been around for a long time. He's another experimental hip hop artist. They grew up listening to King T and Gangsta Boo and three, six mafia and everyone. They grew up in gangster rap. That's, that's where they're from. They didn't pick this because they wanted street cred. They picked this because they know where it's from. They grew up as this. And if you ever listen, or, or if you watch Dobby Diggs's movie, he was in blind spotting. It's literally about two dudes from Oakland and the life you have in Oakland and living in that culture. Like it, it, none of it is to build up cred. Hmm. This is the music that they, they, they've said it time and time again. We aren't artists trying to be experimental. We just like making rap music. And this is a sound we like. Like the noises they make, they're not trying to push things many ways all the time. A lot of the time they just pick the noise because they like how it sounds. But there is still a level of craftsmanship not... in their music that is absent from 
the dude in the Just Blaze documentary where he's like, I made this track in 10 minutes. Oh, definitely. And now I'm going to sell it up. Yeah. So that to me is a, 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 I think mumble rap is characterized by a lack of craft. That's why I don't, I don't respect it that much. I don't, I don't relate to it aesthetically. Whereas this, I will not be into, but I respect it aesthetically yeah. because there's a, a craftsmanship that goes into making something like this that a guy that makes a beat in 10 minutes and sells it for some dude to yeah. blah, blah, blah all over. Like they don't, they don't respect the craft. They don't respect the game. And, and I, I see, I see sincerity out of clipping that I don't see in a lot of mumble rap. Mm. Um, That's all I ever wanted. All I like, yeah. all I ever wanted was I like, you can say, you, you can say you don't like it, yeah. but all I think they've ever deserved is at least someone to say, yeah. No, I get what they're doing, and I totally appreciate that. And it's that. a trap album. They even say as much. I mean, yeah. You know, they say... They, they've mentioned this album was like, pick a song from a popular artist and like, okay, let's do our version of that. And they do. Yeah, they're like, uh, water whipping, crack foam, clap foam, clack foam, please respect the trap, homie. Uh, this trap life, trap trap life is you deeper rat, than homie. going to church, deeper than a disverse. Uh, so in that way, like... They're they're doing this thing that, and that's what I I see a distinction between trap and mumble. I think trap has a little bit more oh, yeah. craft and artistry than the self stylized mumble. Yeah. So that's the, I know they cross over, but that that to me is is worth noticing. That's where I draw a distinction when it comes to like YB and Corday. Like his friends are mumble right. rappers. He's a trap rapper. Right. Like that's that's the distinction between. Like, I like trap, and mumble rap fits into there in tons of places. Yeah. All that, right. was, that was a very... That was good. We got there. That was a there. very good discussion. We did it. That was... Um, we, I'm, got, we, got us, we got into, like, aesthetic theory yeah. big time. I think, this I think was, we should get a finer arts credit for this, yes. guys. I need one. Yeah. So. <laughs> well, this is a performance, and now you can review it. Yeah. Yeah. Performance yeah. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> that we, we can bring this yeah. up for the undergrad uh, research conference next year. Yeah. Um, and, uh, wow, this was probably the most uh, sweatiest. Yeah, well, this was definitely the sweatiest. I'm sorry uh, for, for y'all that had to hear the fan. We're almost done here. Um, that gum, that was great. Glad about that. Do we do grades now? Uh, can yeah. we? <laughs> Wait, oh no. Can you grade it? Oh no. Like, See, do y'all? This is the subjectivism I'm talking thing. about. Do y'all feel? This is chaos. Fault? Here's the thing. I'm happy to give it a grade. Do y'all I understand feel... how to grade this? All right, cool. All right, I have, um, I have grading he's rubrics got a rubric. in my mind. <laughs> I'll give it. Uh, of course, I I'll do. give it my grade. I'm gonna go with a nine out of ten. Oh uh, shoot! Tonight was a fall off point. I'd give it a ten out of ten, but nine. But but tonight was a. We didn't talk about tonight. Oh, I forgot to add a disclaimer. By the way, we talk about rap music. It can be really mean sometimes. Um, we always include the disclaimer well after the fact. <laughs> it's true. We do. I'll Dude, I'll okay. add a disclaimer before the actual show starts and they add it in there with the bleep um yeah tonight is a rude crude track uh before warned when you see it that's a falling off point there for for all of it over it's exactly what i enjoy and i because i enjoy it i can appreciate it more i give it a nine what what you got um well you know i have to think about how my rubric is highly personal and it's very for my, my very much so for my own tastes so with that disclaimer, which I did beforehand, nice. as you noticed, um, I will say maybe like a, ugh, I don't know, what do we think? Like a five out of 10? Like, 
being respectful to Cooper and mm-hmm. and his taste. Ouch. I, you know, I can appreciate some of the lyrics, but to me, it, it's not the. It misses something when it comes to rap, and it misses something when it comes to perhaps hip hop. That again, it's it's those redemptive aspects. I mean, like going back to tonight. I mean, I remember listening to tonight, tonight and just being like sad afterwards. I was like, yeah, oh my god, it wasn't is even that, the, is it that wasn't somebody's even the, life. Wasn't even the song that ended the most bloody. It is was that just the song somebody's that ended life? You know, depressingly. Like, my goodness, and then and then the blah, body and blood. Like, what the heck? Yeah. So there are some of those, but then some of the artistic storytelling and some of the ability. I thought it was really cool when they were like throwing some nouns down. Yeah. I thought that was that was impressive. Um, so I guess for that, knowing very how you know personal this this is a very niche rubric. Yeah. I wanna, it, I'll grade it as rap because that's get, what it's you know in some ways supposed to be. I want to get some quick direct perspectives again on story two, like. As as a story, as a as a little thing in and of itself, how do you feel about it? The song. I mean, I thought the story itself was not that creative, but I thought using the structure was a smart aesthetic move. Okay, all right. Like, uh, n- no need for super deep thought. It's 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 my favorite song because while I was driving to my internship last year of school, I spent literally every drive practicing the song. Oh, can you do like, the whole thing? I can do the whole thing. Uh, I would like not now in most certainly. Um, but I was That's I was cool. reading a comment from someone mentioning how the song starts in three eight as a time signature. Yeah. And it progresses every couple of bars till it reaches twelve eight at the end. Oh, cool. And I saw they were talking in the interview in an interview saying like the best way to write your lyrics for us is to use graph paper so you can time your syllables correctly mm-hmm. because you're rapping in the. There's four four beats all over the place, but they don't rap on a consistent three like a four four three yeah. four meter. They go all over the place, and the tempo keeps speeding up. So there's a there's a crescendo that the whole song yeah. has, which which matches the content. So yeah, that's what I appreciate. Yeah. You have a final review. Uh, I got to give it a four. Mm. Um, not my taste. Um, the lyricism on a technical level was very good. Um, and the th- maybe the three tracks that I really liked, I, I liked the lyrics a lot. The other ones where the, lyrics, where the lyrics were technically very good, I thought they trafficked in too many um, tropes and cliches that for me didn't show me like the level of aesthetic commitment that they had with the music. Um, I expected something a little bit more far out. Um, but I will say that I am thankful for the experience as I continue to be mm. for each and every one of these um, assignments. And now I just know so much more about like what's yeah. out there. Um, and so as an experience, uh, listening to it and interacting with it, it was a, it was a, um, an, a highly educational one, uh, yeah. which I enjoyed. So I have to doff my cap once again to you, Cooper. I don't think the boys are going to listen to this one at the house, though. Yeah, no, they Unlike should. Unlike Let the really Trump Say Amen, I, um, which yeah. became a Gleason family favorite. This, um, this, this yeah. one has um, run its course for me. Yeah. Um, yeah. But it's there. This it's, is one of those few things catalog. that I'm like, yeah, don't, I'm not going to play this for my friends all the time. Um, I want to give a very specific recommendation. Uh, if you don't like the sound of this album, but you are interested in the storytelling and the lyrics, you should listen to their second album. I was... I was 
taken off guard because it wasn't as aggressive whatsoever the first time you listened to it. But the point of their second album is a sci-fi concept album. Oh, cool. A story throughout all of it with little dips and the little side stories. That's the album I wanted to give you. That's the album I truly think you will be fascinated by. I know Annie gave you a correspondence mm-hmm. uh, a while ago, yeah. spoken word album from Levi the Poet, oh, a, I love a that beautiful one. story. Yeah, that's fantastic. This has the same level and scale of a story told oh, cool. throughout uh, in tons of different formats, and it, it incorporates slaves, spirituals, and work songs as part of it, some little gospel choruses. Yeah. Uh, still has that noisy element in some places and ends on a kind of hopeful note. You're not going to right. like it all the way through, but it's <laughs> it's better than nothing. Um, if, y'all, if y'all don't like the sound, but you like what they're saying, check it out. Again, incredibly skillful lyricism and flow and delivery and storytelling. Uh, and with that, I think we're good. That was Year two. our... Is that year two? Yeah, this is the finale of our second season. This season is the finale two. of season two, our <laughs> our eighth episode. We're sticking with we're sticking with four episodes a season. This is our longest episode to date. All four of us, three of us, I'm bad at counting. <laughs> uh, all three of Just us that out actually today, made it here. Um, so I don't know. I guess we'll see y'all next semester. Should any of us, you know, not die over the summer? Who knows? Uh, all these rappers getting shot, and one of us might who be. Who gets next. to pick the next one? I think. What's I the... think Nathan should. Is it? Yeah, okay. All right. I've subjected you to a lot. Yes, you have. You have. (laughs) Nathan's due. I will. I will say that I am thankful for some of the things that I've been subjected to. I think it's helped me see my my own taste um, and its own shortcomings and even understand more of ask deeper questions. But, yeah, I don't know what I will suggest. We'll figure that out. Um, there'll probably be some big drop. I think maybe Kanye will come out with an album this oh, summer. I hope knows? Not. He needs to take a rest. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, well, something will come out this summer. We'll we'll take a look at it uh, when things start back up again. But we want to thank everyone for joining us. Uh, we know that this is a long, long podcast. Uh, thank you for being here, though. Check out everything else on the WJBC, the Roar uh, Network, being this channel and everything else they release in a constant stream. And we will see you again in a couple months uh and with that let us pronounce this a wrap it's a wrap as a production of wjbc the roar any opinions expressed are those of the individuals if you'd like to find more you can find us on itunes and spotify or find us at wjbctheroar.podbean.com and email us at wjbcradio at brian.edu. Music was provided by The Passion Hi-Fi. Visit them at thepassionhi-fi.com. <laughs>